the playoffs? Yeah. We'll talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We played them the third Word. game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. Listen, we talking about practice. Not a game. Oh, cool, Not, a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about yeah. practice. Uh, it's the All Pro Bros Show. It's sports show where we put you in the know of who are the bros and the misses, the losers, to those getting winners, those in the game, to the set, to the match. Ali Uber with the crew. Every test to bring you. Every virgin statistic, you caught up over your mystic. You removed the decisions, the opinions, the blow with the whistle, the flops, the fouls, and all of the issues. Every punch, every kick, every throw, every switch, every leap, every flip, every run, every twist. Speak it down in history. Each loss, each victory. Those in the winner circle. To the losers bracket, every Gretzky, Brady, Ripkin, Jordan, and Magic. Whether it's a field goal or a shot in the basket. Going for the gold or home runs. Gonna talk that talk. Two with the pros, the all pro pro sports show. Yo, what's going on, people? You are now in tune to another episode of the all pro bro sports show. This is your homeboy, Triple. It's your boy, Red. Master Domus. TV12's lawyer. My father's a. <laughs> we are live. Well, not live to y'all, but we recorded this live. And we have a, a few good things to talk about today. You know what I'm saying? Just came off of three back to back to back shows. Hope you guys enjoyed them. But we're back to our regular sports grind, especially considering the last episode was a little bit more serious in subject matter. So back to having a little bit more fun today. Um, and I want to definitely start off with NFL week number six. Uh, per usual, we're going to talk about the highlights of the week. Just plenty to talk about. We're going to start off with the Patriots and how about them Cowboys? Oh, boy. <laughs> ended up, what ended, the world? Ended up being a closer game than we anticipated. Uh, and it was a good game from just being a, a fan of football is a good game, but Brad, I'm going to start with you. You predicted the Patriots will win. They did <laughs> not. So They did not. And I'll take the loss uh, on that one. Brad, what was your take overall of the game? The way the Patriots played? The way the Cowboys played? Um, Honestly, um, uh, Can y'all still hear me? Yep. Yeah. All right. So, honestly, it was a lot close. It was a lot closer than what people gave it credit for. Uh, one, and I'm gonna say this as a fan, as a fan of both the NFL and the Pats, both those teams ought to be shot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I knew you were gonna say that, Zed. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew that was coming out your mouth. Uh, so, don't get me wrong. Both the Cowboys and the Patriots had chances to win that game. But because of the fact that, that quote-unquote, the Cowboys have a better record, they should have been able to take out the Pats. And the Pats ought to be shot because, granted, with all the miscues that we've seen from, from both sides, the Pats also had a chance of winning. Yep. And again, I'm like, both, I mean, granted, don't get me wrong, they're, the Pats are my team, uh, the Pats my team, they just didn't look good. Okay, from time to time, that that de- that defense looked gas. They're on the, they're on the field for three quarters of the game, um, three quarters of the game, and yet you know, um, the uh, the Cowboys needed overtime to actually to actually uh, um 
Piro. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that they went to overtime. When right. Hence the reason why the Cowboys should be shy. They, because the Patriots, they missed what? One or two field goals. It was one. It was one. Um, and if they had that one, actually, they could have no, won. True. But I'm even looking at the score 35 29. It would only would have been like a what, two point differential. 33-132. So if the cow if they could have stopped the Cowboys, yes, but they still would have lost by two points though. Uh back to no, because no, they would have won it at, in the fourth quarter. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It would not have gone overtime. Duh. It was t- tied up 29-29. They would have won it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I'm saying. The Pats the Pat, the the should have won. Um, because again, they had a chance of actually beating the Cowboys. And again, given what, given that same scenario, the Cowboys easily should have destroyed the Pats given what we've seen on Sunday. Because like I said, the Cowboys actually had, what, 300 yards, like, passing and, like, 100 yards rushing. So you had almost 400 yards of total offense. And it still took y'all overtime just to beat, uh, just to beat uh, 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 a, a lonely team. So it's like, the Cow- Cowboys... Just, just, just because y'all won, I don't feel, com- I want to feel comfortable power though. That's true. That's true. I mean, the, like I said, the Cowboys put up great stats, higher stats than than the Patriots, nonetheless. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Dak showed off once again in this game, but also they also showed a lot of their holes as well as you were saying, Fonz. When it comes to to the offense versus the defense on each side of the ball for the Patriots and the Cowboys. What are some of the highlights? And what are the, some of the lowlights you saw in the game? Easily, it's it's easier to explain the highlights because yep. there's a lot of lowlights. Like like the I mean, yes, uh, the game like as as an NFL fan, like you guys said before, it's it was entertaining, but as and being analyzing the game as a fan of the Pats and just as a football fan, there, there was a lot of there was a lot of miscues. I mean, we were throwing we just when we had a chance to to um, milk the clock down and then maybe kick a field goal to solve the game or or touchdown just just to win it. We threw a pick six then, and it, basically the receivers. I mean, yes, Mac is a rookie. He's so far showing promise. Yes, he's. He may make mistakes along the way, but as a rookie, you, you you expect to do that. But he definitely looks like an NFL quarterback, and he looks like he's progressing. The team around him, not so much. The defense, when when it comes to getting, even if, let's say, we, we look up the points they allow. Maybe the points, maybe they might be around the middle of the pack, but the yards, they, they let up a, a, yard a, lot, ugh, a lot of yards. And when it comes to getting, getting key stops, they don't know how to get the key stops when it counts. And when it comes to the receivers, whether blocking, because I'm I'm seeing him, I'm seeing him on the ground, you know, quite a few times more than he needs to be. Talking about back don'ts, they're not blocking from him that well. The receivers are not. Uh, uh, yes, back Jones, like I say, he may make may, may have made some made some throws that are not as great sometimes, but most of the time, a lot of times I see the I see the receivers, the balls getting you know coming off their hands. That are, that that um that are, that are causing interceptions or pick sixes, 
in, in that case, at, when it was come two minutes in the end of the game, even though yeah, Mac didn't make a good throw. I'm not. I'm, I'll be real. But at the same time, the way it touched the receiver's hands, landed into the into the defenders, the opposition's hand, and helped them run it back. So that was disturbing. So yeah. So I'm. So and just you know, just it just um. Yeah, people not being where they're supposed to be. So yeah, this in 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 special teams too, having blocked punts. When when do you see this from a quote unquote Coach Belichick team? You know, and you know we'll 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 see in the past years we didn't because there, there was certain talent around him, and he's picking that talent too. But now he's the lack of um, success in picking talent in the draft in the past, whether a few years, five years, or what what have you. And the Brady departing and, uh, and Gronk and other people departing, it's, and and a couple other retirees on whether on the defensive side or what have you, you see you're starting to see the, the holes, you're starting to see the the miscues. On, um, on to, what about in regards to the Cowboys? A lot of people don't want to give Jerry Jones the credit for at least having talent on the Cowboys mm-hmm. and them playing better as a nucleus. As, you know, single nucleus, one brain type team, aka chemistry, this season. Do you think yeah. defensively on the ball, they were just better than the Patriots a lot of times this game? Yeah, it was, yeah I actually feel slightly better. I, I see like they have a nucleus coming together, and I've said this before. We 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 clown them all the time, but they are a playoff team. I see they they're they're built on both sides. We see Dak, we see we we know Dak and Zeke and those guys, but we see other people that are you know coming to light. You know, you know, Mari Cooper and, and cats like that, and you know, and defensively, they they get they seem like they're getting their stuff together. I know that the last, I mean, this past Sunday, the game was a little, you know, you know, was a little shaky for them in some ways, but for the most part, they're getting their stuff together. Now, again, it's a long season, so again, we we got to see how how they how they're gonna progress, and even if they do get in the playoffs, which so far so so good, they look playoff bound. Time will tell how far will they get into the playoffs. You see what I'm saying? You still got you still got um, Tampa Bay to contend with, you know, um, uh, you know, other other, you know, and just other teams that are that are going to be on the rise. That's true. All right, let's move on to the Jaguars and the Dolphins played across the pond in London, and what was actually surprisingly a really entertaining game. I caught the second half of it, um, and surprisingly enough. This this will make y'all laugh. London has adopted Jacksonville as their team. <laughs> it feels that way. Booing the Dolphins. I was like, mm-hmm. they're booing the Dolphins. That that is hilarious. Um, and the Jags finally get their first win of the season, kicking a last minute field goal in the fourth quarter. Now clearly, the Jaguars are not a playoff team. We can say that. Definitively, no. uh, I do Not believe it will get more wins, but I don't think it'll be enough to make it to the playoffs and make them a viable contender. Even if they did win the rest of their games by by some chance of miracle, let's be honest, they'll probably get swept. Well, not not swept. It's not serious in the NFL. They'll lose, they'll lose in the wild card. They will lose in the wild card game. I mean, were you guys impressed by any of the highlights you saw from this game with the Jaguars? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a little bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, the broken clock is what is right uh, twice a day. So they, they may get a couple wins. But we all know what's going on 
we're seeing the falsehoods at Urban Meyer. He's a great college coach and with the right recruiting talent when it comes to that. But in the NFL, with, with, with people people started seeing, they called it before he even came to the league. And then with the whole T-bone mess and all that, yeah, they're, they're still not going to get fun. Like how we clown the Jets, it's the same thing with them. Hmm, hmm. Jazz, All right, so. moving on to the Cardinals and the Browns. Cardinals are still undefeated at 6-0. Kyler Murray put on the clinic in this game. The Browns, though, they suffered a major loss with Baker Mayfield. Just the way he fell down to that ground and jacked up his shoulder, and he's out. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not yeah. sure how long he's going to be sidelined. How does this affect the, the Cleveland Browns? Oh, that's a that's a big loss. Baker Mayfield is supposed to be their franchise, so yeah. And I mean, so also Odell Beckham is apparently questionable be out as well with a, with a shoulder injury. Yeah, he's questionable. He's been questionable. It seems like he's been questionable for the whole season. I mean, he was out a couple of weeks, and then when he came back, he's been questionable. So. Yeah, that's that. That's definitely gonna affect him. Yeah, I mean, even Nick Chubb, he has a calf injury. You know, they have a lot of people yeah. out in general, or who are questionable for uh, Thursday's, um, no, not Thursday's game, for the game coming up uh, this week seven. So, so, I mean, we'll look at the schedule in the second week seven because it is definitely not. Thursday, I don't think. But continuing no. on, because I'm looking at, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the right week. Yeah, they are not playing this Thursday. Um, they are playing Sunday. Anywho, um, continuing forth, the Chiefs, they beat the Washington Football Team with a much needed win. Um, though a lot of people are making a big to do about Patrick Mahomes having more interceptions at this point of this season versus last year. Is that something to worry about? Yeah, yeah you got you gotta you gotta worry about that because it is a big deal. Just like on my sports sports state of my local sports station here they say big deal or no big deal. It's kind of a big deal. You like to think you'll be alright at yeah, you like to think you'll be all right, but in a way, you yeah, you have to worry because, and I said this before, it looks like the people got the book on them. If the whole league guys has the book on you, or they're starting to get the book on you, and then and again, and what Red always says about the defenses and and how you could you could, you could always win one off. We've seen people win one offs, but you're not winning or being being in the conversation consistently to win to win championships. When you don't build your defense, and then you're only relying on your offense, people are attacking that one position. And if you're the key guy, and you know you you whether you haven't figured out new tricks or new new you know or new play schemes, and and but most importantly, building the other side of the ball, it's very easy, you know, for people to you know to get the book on you if they're only saying, "Oh, this is the one guy we got to attack." There's no other. The running game is is decent, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, and, and and you know they just see the same the same plays you're throwing to. Yeah, so you you and then they, they say, oh, okay, we we could work work these guys into this direction. So yeah, that you, you kind of have to you do have to worry about that if you're a case if you're a KC fan. 
Red, we gotta add yes. that. Yeah, I was just I was just gonna say that um my my whole situation with KC is yeah they they, they when, when Mahomes actually started um rising I've always noticed that um that the defense seems kind of suspect to me and it, it was it's always been a problem like yeah you know they kind of and and like Fonz um said you know they covered it up um they covered it up. Uh, with the fact that with their massive offense, okay, so it, it was it was cool, like you know, yeah, the uh, it was cool that they were winning, but it wasn't cool be- uh, that the fact that you know they're, you're now being exposed for the people that we thought that they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think that Casey's offense is really good. Problem is now that the fact that the defense is being exposed. Their offense really isn't all that good because if you can at least you you can at least slow down Kansas City, you could pretty much beat them. Okay, um, like we like we said for um the Peyton Manning led de- um offenses back when Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, Peyton Manning was was literally was the whole team. Um, don't get me wrong, you got really good players here and there on defense, but if you can at least Keep it, uh, keep their deep. I'll uh, keep on uh, Peyton Manning and Patrick Holmes off the field. You pretty much figured out how to beat Kansas City. So if if you can somehow slow the, like not slow them down, if you can, if you can't slow them down, keep them off the field. You've beaten that team. That is true. I mean, the misquote Debo when it comes to KC. What defense? Like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, what defense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, don't you see the defense we set up there? What defense? You're like, yeah, what defense? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in, 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 my, in my smoking response voice, just <laughs> cowering down. What defense? So, <laughs> all right, so let's move on to the actual uh, standing at this point in time. Um, and then we'll cover weeks the week seven schedule and our predictions. So as you stated before, in the NFC West, the Cardinals are still six and nothing, which is pretty exciting for them. This is the first time since 1973 that they have had six games and zero losses. It's a long time, real long time. Then you got mm-hmm. the Rams at five and one. And then you have the 49ers at two and three and the Seahawks at two and four. Then you have the Green Bay Packers at five and one. And they have a very impressive win with the Chicago Bears this, this past Sunday. You have a tie between the Vikings and the Bears, both at three and three. Then you have the Detroit Lions at 0 and 6. Can they make it 0 and 17? We shall see. And then, and what is <laughs> really, season. it's almost the NFC leads, but not really because the Cowboys are 5 and 1. And then we have both the Washington football team and the Eagles at 2 and 4. Then the Giants at 1 and 5. Then the NFC South. We have the Tampa Bay Patriots. I mean, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at five and one, <laughs> and then we have the Saints at three and two, the Panthers at three and three, then them Dirty Birds, the Falcons at two and three. Moving over to the AFC, we have the AFC South. We have the Tennessee Titans at four and two, with a very impressive comeback win against the Bills Mafia, who I thought had won, but <laughs> I turned it off too soon. Once again, can't do that. Then you had the Colts, two and four. And then you have the Texans and the Jaguars both tied at one and five. Over in the AFC East, 
the Bills Mafia are four and two, still sitting at the top of the division, and then barely holding on to second place as the Patriots are two and four. Then you have the Jets at one and four, then the Dolphins at one and five. And then going over to the AFC North, we have the Baltimore Ravens at five and one, the Cincinnati Bagels at four and two, and then both the Steelers and the Browns are three and three. And then finally in the AFC West, the Los Angeles Chargers, who looked less than impressive this past Sunday, uh, are four and two, and they're tied with the Raiders. Then at three and three, we have the Broncos. And at the bottom of the AFC West, just statistically, it is the Kansas City Chiefs after the Broncos. So moving on to week seven. This is going to be a very interesting week of football because the bye weeks actually start this week. Um, So Thursday's game is actually the Broncos and the Browns. On my script at first, I had last year's week seven open. I don't know how that happened, but it's the Broncos and the Browns. This Thursday, with both teams being at three and three, then on Sunday we have the Panthers playing against the Giants at a one o'clock game. Then the Jets and the Patriots will play once again against one another. Let's pause here. So Jets and Patriots, it's clearly a must-win game for either team, considering the way the Patriots are playing and the way that the or the lack of the way the Jets are playing. Who has more of a win? Removing any frustration as a fan. Who has more of a chance to win this game? I mean, I mean, it's still, you would like to say it's still the Patriots, but, you know, it's any given Sunday, and both teams are not very good. So, I mean, I mean with, I, you can still see the Jets doing something, but it's not likely. But, you know, any, any anything is possible. Anything is, anything is definitely possible. Call it Kevin Garnett, exactly. Red, what do you have to say about this game? Uh, I I don't feel comfortable saying anything, but you know, if uh, I'll probably say I'll still say the Pats still have a chance. But given how bad that they've been playing, the Jets could actually come in and actually I'll uh, sneak a win. That's true. Yeah. Honestly, the Patriots. This is a must-win for them. This is a division rival. Um, Absolutely. Haven't had chances to have won two games against Buccaneers. Then this past Sunday against them boys, they should be up higher. You know, um, they have two. They more should games. be or at least or at least. And, and, the, and, the, and, and the Dolphins was a close game. The only other game that wasn't close was the Saints. So yeah. think about think about that. <laughs> so as a fan, the Patriots need to win. They need to do something different to be better. But we will see. Moving on, we have the Kansas City Chiefs playing against the Titans. Must win for the Chiefs, considering how they've been the past three seasons. They're not looking good at this point compared to other seasons of Week 7. But this is a must win against a very good Titans team, regardless of how they played in Week 6. Then we have the Washington football team playing against the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to just call it the Packers are going to beat the brakes off of Washington football team. Aaron Rodgers, yep. despite everything at the beginning of the season, in the doom, 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 <laughs> potential sabotage, <laughs> playing way better at this point. What do you guys got to say in terms of any analysis on this game? No, nah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I see Green Bay. I see. I mean, it's any given Sunday, but more likely the chances that Green Bay will probably beat the brakes off of 
the the fear the W team, yeah. as, as you were saying. I mean, there, there's some competitors in the in the in the NFC as well, and 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 Green Bay is one of them. Hmm. <sighs> Ready? I will say, I will say this. Um, you're right. Uh, it is any given Sunday. Um, so I don't know. It's like you know, uh, I we we thought we thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to beat the brakes off New Orleans as well. Um, but you know, as you know, he did. He looked bad. So, anyways, but I think he does look. I think Aaron Rodgers does look better. Um, so he kind of looks kind of like himself playing. Um, so who knows? I was, you know, on paper, on paper, um, uh, Green Bay ought to at least uh, beat um, Washington. Um, but we, but we, all, but we all know that you know, uh, just because they're supposed to. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to. Yeah, I mean, I I will add to what you said about Aaron Rodgers, and I will say this: he looks happy again playing for Green yeah. Bay versus towards the end of last season, throughout the summer and the off season, and the, the first game or two. You know, he seems happy again. He's smiling again. His confidence is back. You know, what I'm saying it's like swagger is back. I don't know what happened in the locker room. What conversations have happened? I don't know if he's actually going to try to renew his contract with them. We don't know any of that right now. Um, uh-huh. I mean, that's another conversation for another show, like maybe towards the end of the season into the playoffs, where we think Rodgers may go if he doesn't re- renegotiate uh, a new contract or negotiate a new contract. But nonetheless, I think he's back in form, even just in terms of, like I said, his confidence and stuff like that. So moving on in, in terms of the week seven schedule, we have Falcons playing in Miami versus the Dolphins, who were being back. He looked okay the last game. Even one of I think one of the wide receivers was saying he doesn't want to play if Tua's gonna keep being a quarterback. I'm like, yo, you don't say that to the press. So we'll see what happens, man. You got more drama than an LBC to quote Snoop Dogg. Uh, in another game, we got the Bengals. <laughs> Playing against the Ravens, that's going to be a smash-mouth football game right there. That's a 1 o'clock game. Then we have the 0-6 Lions playing against a very good Rams team. Sorry, Lions. You're about to go 0-7 <laughs> unless they shock us and, like, soak the shocker. <laughs> then we have the Eagles playing against the Raiders. That's going to be a good one. Despite the Eagles' record, they're still a decent team. Jane Hurts has a lot more room to grow. Then we have a one in five Texans team playing against a six and no Cardinals. I'm gonna say it's gonna be seven and no for the Cardinals this Sunday. Then you have the Chicago Bears playing bro. against the Buccaneers. We don't really need to talk about that. We, congratulations in advance, Tampa Bay. Oh. <laughs> 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 at least so it's at least so it seems. So it seems true. Then we have the Indianapolis Colts will be playing in San Francisco against the 49ers. And then in the Monday night game, we will have the Saints. Who that day are going to beat them Saints? Maybe not the Seahawks. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, but at, nonetheless, I think that's going to be a good game because, yo, six weeks in, the Monday night games have been the best games still, you know, regardless. Uh, at least the most exciting, the most drama. So we will see what will happen. So just to talk about the injury report a little bit more real quick. We really spoke about homeboy from the Browns. Um, let's bring it home to the Patriots. 
They have at least 16 players on the IR list. That's crazy. Dante Dante Hightower is out with an elbow and ankle injury. Cornerback Jonathan Jones has an ankle injury. And Sean Wade has a concussion. And then Davin Godcho has a finger injury. And there are many other uh, injuries. Um, but it looks like running back Damian Harris was not amongst those on the injury report after he had been dealing with a rib injury for the past few weeks. It looks like he will be back playing for the Patriots this coming weekend. Um, then the New York Jets have some other injuries themselves. Linebacker CJ Mer- Mosley has a hamstring injury and he was not present for the Jets. Um, as they return from their bye week, along with tight end Tyler Croft. Um, but then also, safety Marcus May has an ankle injury. He was among four Jets who were limited before their bye week. So we'll see if they'll be playing um, this Sunday against New England. And also, the Browns, I already mentioned Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb. But other injuries include AJ Green as well as a shoulder and a groin injury. He's out. Odo Beckham, we mentioned him before. He's a shoulder injury. I think he's questionable again, as Red mentioned. And then they have other injuries. We're not going to go through the whole injury report. Um, those are some of the major names within the injury report for this week of the NFL. Um, before I move on to the next portion of the show, which will be a couple of NBA stories. Any other highlights or things you guys want to discuss from the past week in the NFL? I'm good. Now, this 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 that highlight we were talking about uh, uh, Pittsburgh and, and Buffalo. I was it was because <laughs> I, I I was in and out watching watching the game kind of in and out, and then but like falling asleep and waking up, finding out okay, they, um, Buffalo had a chance. For fourth and three to just kick the field goal, instead they opted to go for it and didn't get it because they were trying to be greedy. <laughs> get the points, man! People get the points. And like the great, great DMX said, "Stop being greedy." Greedy, yeah. yeah. Enough now. Stop being greedy. Like, Real is like get the short points. We couldn't get get, get the. Uh, first down to the touchdown, the first three downs, get the short points and at least ha- have you live to fight another quarter to go into overtime. Yeah. Like, like what are we doing? So, I, Just off the top of my head, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think one of the teams to have some of the the highest percentage of success with two-point conversions this season is the Ravens, right? Uh, one, yeah, I believe they're one of them. Yeah, I think there's two. I think there's another one. Um, the Ravens come to mind straight away. Well, anyways, continuing on to the NBA. There's a lot to talk about the NBA. We already discussed a lot the last episode, like I said, with the jab issue with Kyrie, which even one young miss from ESPN we won't mention was getting in on the action. I'm like, come on, people, really? Um, and then the whole healthcare fraud thing, we already spoke about that last episode. But more drama. So Ben Simmons is suspended game one because <laughs> apparently in a practice, he got into it with one of his teammates. Um, he didn't want to do a drill. He didn't want to do a drill 
Yeah. The dog got to do a defensive drill. He refused, asked him again, no. Then he sent him home. He spent him for the for, for one game uh, contract that detrimental to the team. It was funny. I was seeing this meme, that, uh, this Coach Carter meme, you know, the, the movie that came out of 05, which was based on a true story Yep. in, in the Richmond area. I remember how the kid wanted, wanted, was trying to act tough, and then he was trying to kick him out of the gym, and they wanted this stuff to punch the coach. The coach, because, you know, was able to defend himself, control his head, and put him up against the wall, and get him out of it. He said, this ain't over. They put they put Doc as Coach Carter, and the kid was Ben Simmons. I, I just thought I found it hilarious. Like there was like that's basically to try to say that's how he, that's how he went down. But I mean, in all serious, <laughs> but in all seriousness, come on, man, act professional, man. I mean, I know you. I mean, and it's really on him in terms of why he hasn't developed a shot up to now, and just you know, just afraid, scared to shoot, like. Even even Ronda, when he first came in the league, he was scared of shooting. Yeah, he's not a he's definitely not a great shooter, but at least he's not he's he's not scared to at least score and try to make some type of plays, even if he is what he is. Even Giannis, who came in and and we we saw you could argue the the Nets' health at that time if it helped them um, helped uh, the 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 Bucks advance. And, and helping them win a chip, but you, when you saw Giannis having the, the NBA um, Finals MVP, he developed a, he developed some kind of shot, and he's still working on a shot. But he developed a, a good enough shot, and was his team and wasn't scared to go in the and he was making his throw. So if he could do that, you could you could at least develop some kind of shot too. But you said you're scared to shoot. When you're near the rim, even to, when you before a dunk, a dunk. Oh, okay. well, yo, speaking, wanna, speaking of that, wanna, let me let me uh, piggyback uh, off of that. So, in a pre-draft scouting report, it said some interesting things um, from when Ben Simmons was at LSU, and this is what the pre-draft scouting report says, and I quote. Simmons' lack of competitiveness in crucial games has raised questions about his character. Those who know him best say he needs things to revolve around him on and off the court and that he's often been close-minded to coaching or instruction. End quote. End end quote. So, (laughs) it's looking like this has come to pass. Now with the 76ers. And we remember, recall correctly, he had issues with Embiid in the past, like verbally sparring and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know. Um, so he's no stranger to controversy. You know, saying it's most sports fans remember this ain't his first rodeo being uh dramatic and being troublesome on the team, you know. This, I mean, here's some of the other issues that has been happening since last season ended. So he requested a trade over the summer. We remember that. We spoke about that before. He skipped mm-hmm. all of training camp, but then he started reporting recently. Then, as you just mentioned, Fonz, the issue which ended up getting him um, <laughs> suspended for the first game. So mm-hmm. let's dive in a little bit further. As you said, Fonz, you got to be professional. Red, I want you to chime in on this conversation. Mm-hmm. What is it 
that a team has to do with a troublesome player like this? Um, I, I think what it is that they have to dive, uh, dive in with what the actual issue is. We don't know. We actually don't know what Ben Simmons' issue is. Um, as as far as we know, like you know, he, it looks like he's just being a complete um, diva. Like let's call it what it is. He's being a diva. I think I think the I think the issue that um, that I think the Sixers need to figure out is actually sitting them down and actually figuring out, dude, what's your issue? So that way they can face it head on and actually be able to. Um, um, meet whatever his, his needs are. That's that's just something I that's just something I would consider. It's just like sitting him down, figuring out what what's the issue, and then trying to um uh, work on trying to get it done. That's it. And when you say needs, you mean clearly him as an individual who then will have to bring that into the team. Exactly. Right. And so and so he. And, and and one of the things I think um, he also needs to do is actually develop a jump shot. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Fonz broke and, and, down and, perfectly. And, many it, and, and it doesn't have, have not developed. Sorry. Them. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a good one, just a, an effective one. Yeah, to develop his accuracy, right. essentially. Yeah. yeah. So. We'll see what happens, man. That's drama right now. I mean, I even heard, but no one said it's true, that him and Doc got into a huge verbal spat a couple of weeks ago. Um, but no one has confirmed that either. Once again, only seen, I saw memes on that one as well two weeks ago. But like I said, I've heard no official proof that they actually got into an argument. So... Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. But from that um, report you read earlier, basically the Sixers had full warning. Is basically what what that's indicating. Exactly. Of his character. I mean, that's unfortunate. That that's what was on his pre-draft scouting report. Most teams wouldn't want to deal with him then, and that was in 2016. Here we are, 2021-22 season. Most teams didn't want to trade for him. And even now, seeing him doing this stuff, ain't nobody going to want him. You know what I'm saying? No. He might have to retire, no. he might have to retire go to Big 3 or something. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, I don't think the Big 3 want to deal with him. The Ice Cube like, man, get out of here, man. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> so, all right, another story in the NBA. Three years in a row, Zion Williamson, as much as he is a player I respect and he, how dominant he is. In the offseason, he's put on a lot of weight. Reports are saying he's up to 300 pounds and he's dealing with an ankle injury right now. So, with him, I don't know what it is. Um, maybe it's because he's recovering from foot surgery, he's put on weight. You know, like that happened to me almost six years ago. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I get it, but also I'm not an athlete. So what is it one can do when you have a foot injury and try to not gain weight? It's very hard. <laughs> Take it from me. You're literally off your foot all day. Your foot is elevated. You know what I'm saying? So in the case of Zion Williamson, what I'm not going to give the answer. You guys say it. What does he need to do as he's able to start training again? 
Callus, I mean, I guess it's either said or none, but calisthenics, I guess. And I'm considering if he has to stay, he has to put um, less weight on his foot as possible, try to do some calisthenics at home to start. And then, you know, even if you were going to go to the gym, you know, light workout at the gym, that won't require, you know, much of your foot exercise, or maybe you have to start working the foot or working up to working your foot out. Um, do certain certain workouts in the gym that will help you. Yeah, you know, you can't you can't do much basketball work until those things, uh, you know, those type of workouts, you know, improve your health. Yeah. Remember, um, I I think. Go ahead. I was just I was just gonna say that um one one of the issues that I think um Zion needs to do is like I think he had a lot of weight issues even when he was in college. Yeah, and that reminds me of um, that reminds me of um, Charles Barkley because Charles Barkley had a lot of weight issues in college, even with even in his pros. Because uh, I think I think he was up to about the same thing with with um, exactly. yeah. it's the same thing with um, with Zion is that um, um, he uh swelled up to like three hundred pounds himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. um so so he they both they both swelled up to like three hundred pounds, and I think I think what helped um what helped um Charles was the fact that I think he had Moses Malone to kind of help yeah. him got him to get his yeah. weight down. Yeah, yeah, but I was just gonna say that. Yep, facts. He helped him try to say lose five pounds here, five pounds each week. Like he was and rest and rest his soul, Moses Malone. He was definitely guiding them, you know, in that direction. It was a very very Helping him doing that. And I just be honest, I don't know what he's been eating. I remember the last time you say put on all that weight, he admitted he was eating a lot of burgers and pizza. And when he stopped <laughs> eating that stuff and started working out, he slimmed down last season. Especially like before the bubble season, he got in a really good shape those two months they were off. Uh, so take it from me, once again, having had foot surgery a few years ago, you know, it was a matter of cleaning up my diet. That helped me to lose the weight I put on back then, you know. So that's what he would need to do now, you know. Whatever he's been eating, don't eat it. And Fonz, to your credit, like you were saying, any calisthenics he can do now off the foot, you know. Um, I'm not sure where he is in, in his recovery, but there's a point being you start doing uh, different physical therapy type workouts to start strengthening your foot. So... Because the Pelicans need him, you know what I'm saying? They made a lot of trades to build the team up around him, you know, in the offseason. So when he gets back, he needs to be as effective as soon as possible. I mean, even look at James Harden. He purposely gained all that weight, <laughs> was slow and sloppy until they traded him. And all of a sudden, he had a, he had a crash diet, lost all the weight, and was killing it with the Nets last season. It was like like that's what I gotta find out. Did, like after some of us, we had, some people were called BS in this past. Like, did he really get away? Did he just happen to have a fat suit to make it look like he had some? Then all of a sudden, he, he got what he wanted. Up, oh, I've arrived. <laughs> Everything's all back to normal. <laughs> like, that, that's funny. I don't think that was the case, but it seems like that though, right? <laughs> right. It's like. Cause how is it that the fat suit was, you know, he 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 was dead, and all of a sudden he he gets what he wants in the trade, and then within a, a week's time, it feels like he lost everything. Come on, son. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was interesting. So, and we'll discuss more of the NBA in depth next week because uh, this week is the first week of the regular NBA season. So there will be plenty to talk about and to analyze next week in terms of the actual season itself. Oh, real quick, while we're still on basketball, the Sky just won the WNBA 2021 championship. So big shout-outs to the Sky winning. Proud of them. So, And I must say, I am happy to see the WNBA with packed-out, sold-out stadiums. Like, it took years for them to get uh, this level of advertising, this level of support on television. They actually have have had contracts with ESPN this season, which has increased their visibility. But I'll be honest, all that should have happened from day one. Honestly, you know. Because, Red, you remember the beginning class? They had, like, Lisa Leslie, Rebecca Lobo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Names like that, like Superstar, Cheryl Swoops. You know what I mean? What a time when the WNBA first started. They should have had that kind of support from, what, almost 16? 20 years ago? 20 years ago? Yeah, like, yeah, 20 years ago. That's crazy. But, but like I said, it was it was something we were having. I know we were actually discussing this um, earlier was... I think the I think the problem I think part of the I think part of the problem is um it's not just advertisement, it's just I know this is gonna sound mean and I'm trying not to sound mean. Um we we as a people, um we as a people, what we do is we Was it to your point on Sunday talking about how men we naturally will support sports in general, but when they targeted women fans, the, the, the WBA needs more support right, than they right. actually do. Yeah. I'm just yeah. gonna, yeah, that's a good... yeah. yeah. So, I think that's I a good pa- way to put it. I I for women, co- women, women fans don't seem to support. Uh, well, there's not enough women fans that they were trying to pull in to watch the WNBA, and really, yes. they right. be targeting. Sports fans in general, and not just try to like separate men and women. Like, don't do that. Just target sports demographics. Yeah, and even up to today, it's crazy. And yes, granted, the women's, um, the WNBA only plays in the suburb, but still, they they make a hundred times less than the men, and that's even on the the highest. Excuse me, the highest of of salaries. That's crazy. That goes back to once again the advertising issue. TV contracts, like I said, they finally have a TV contract with ESPN. In the past, they had TV contracts with like Lifetime and other networks that aren't sports networks that focus on women. They like, know, get on the networks and the platforms that are sports platforms. You know, I think now, though, that might change as you had people like Chance the Rapper was that was one of the Chicago games for the playoffs. You had um, other NBA players like Chris Paul, when he was with two other people supporting them in one of the playoff games right in the front. So they have people who are going there, and like I said, they were packed out stadiums. So I think that tide is turning. Because just to bring this up real quick, a lot of people try to compare to Rossi to LeBron James in terms of how, they, how much they make. But I'm always like, well, let's break down the argument. It's not a cross-the-board thing. Industry by industry, there are differences in terms of how Men and women are paid in some industries. Men and women make the same same amount of money. In other industries, that's not really the case. 
with basketball, right. it's not the case because of exposure, TV <laughs> contracts, um, advertising, and licensing deals. I mean, the w- yep. the WNBA just started being featured in even a video game just about two years ago with 2K20. You know what I'm saying? Um, so even that, like, that's major. Like, sometimes, and I've had this conversation with other gamers who are also sports fans, you learn other players' names and how they play by playing the game. That's just a fact. Unless you're like an analyst, a commentator, you're not going to know every single player on every single team. You know what I'm saying? Unless you <laughs> there's incentive financially to know that, or you're just like a sports fan like our homie Jonathan, who hasn't been on the podcast in a few months, but he's one of those super, super fans. You know what I'm saying? But even us, true. yeah, we go to a more analysis level on this show, but we're not like super in-depth. But nonetheless, I have high hopes for the WNBA going forward. I want to see the NBA who still runs and help to create the WNBA. I want to see them give more support behind the WNBA. So, And definitely, and definitely like we saw to the stars and, you know, just people do to be the face, just like the Candace Parker who just won and, you know, and Shout out to her for winning in her hometown. I mean, she's she was a champion MVP before for the Sparks, and now she's able to win in Chicago. She grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, Naperville, from what I read. So, you know, I'm I'm happy for her. So, you know, people like her being the face, and you know, and bringing bringing more attention to the WNBA, like you said, like you said, with ads and and whatnot, and hopefully they can they can make they can make more in the future because you know, for females, you know, for females like that. Now only playing with someone that make what they make and at best six like maybe three hundred grand or something like that, somewhere around that. You know, they have to play international ball during you know, during the off season, which is the men's on season, or they'll be commentating for ESPN like the Carol Lawson's or what have you, you know what I mean? So Yeah. We, we know Sparker works with TNT for the NBA in the off yeah. season for the WNBA. Yeah, because yeah, because I think in terms of international ball, I think she because she used to play in the past in terms of international ball, but I think she might have retired from international ball. So now she does it, like you said, the TNT analysis in the off season. Yeah, I mean, with even more of them getting actual sponsors from different companies, you know, saying that's probably allowing more of them to stay at home in the off season in the train to be with their family. Also, a lot of these players, they hold second jobs if they're not playing overseas. And a lot of them are also mothers and they're married. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them would rather be home with family and training in the off season. So, like I said, a lot of things are changing with the WNBA, the culture within it, and the culture around it, and even the attraction to it, which is good. You know what I'm saying? Because those women can ball. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, I don't care if you're a man or woman. If you're good at a sport, I'm watching it. I don't really care. You yeah, fact. So, all right. So, let's move on to boxing. We totally forgot to discuss this last week. Tyson Fury beat Deontay Wilder in their third match, the rubber match, in the 11th round. Knocked him out clean with a hook. But there was Ooh. five knockdowns in general. I think the Gypsy King got knocked down twice. And I think Deontay Wilder was knocked down three times. That third time being in the 11th round. So, honestly, P, 
people are speculating as to who Tyson Fury will fight next. But the fact that Anthony Joshua lost in his match recently, and they're already talking about a rematch with that guy that he fought against, whose name I'm not going to butcher. <laughs> I butchered the last time I tried to say it. There will not be an Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury match, at least not within the next 6 to 12 months. So we don't know who the next opponent is for Tyson Fury. But nonetheless, he is still the reigning champion holding many titles. Um, I think at least three, you know what I'm saying? And nonetheless, it was a good match. Like I said it went 11 of 12 rounds, you know, and he's one of the best of all time. We can say that he's not the best of all time, but he's one of the best of all time. So as boxing fans, if you saw the fight, or at least the highlights, I saw the highlights. I didn't order the pay-per-view after all. It was a good match, nonetheless, from what I saw. So. Yep. And Tyson, uh, I mean, uh, Deontay Wilder, you know, he was looking uh, he was looking a little shaky, according to those highlights. I mean, he looked, his face looked swelled up. Tyson Fury got, really got the best of him. I'm like, dang. Like yeah. the old school term, got bubbled. I bubbled, yeah. Literally. Yeah, he wasn't uh, looking too good. He was barely standing. So, I mean, he got mm-hmm. Molly Wap with that TKO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was it was coming essentially. So, you know what I'm saying I mean, I had everything you want in the boxing match. I had good hype surrounding it. I had drama, even to with the fact that it happens. Remember, that fight was not supposed to happen. It was supposed to be Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Deontay Wilder sued to get a third match. It wasn't. It wasn't worth it. Really, wasn't. <laughs> he, he, he probably wish wishes he probably should have kept that to himself. <laughs> <laughs> so he sued to get the match. Tyson Fury is like, you're not the opponent I want. I wanted an all UK huge main event in December. Whatever. Let's have the rubber match. But if I win, we don't fight again uh, for any of his three titles. And that's what happened. So congrats again. Yeah, Huh? It was 2-1, right? Like Yeah, Fury 2-1, uh, yeah. So that was the, yeah. the rubber match. And Fury was preaching at the end of the fight. I love it. You know, saying, if it was not a Christian, you know, not, you know, we're not trying to proselytize. But nonetheless, for me and, you know, the crew, you know, that was awesome to see. You know, just throwing that in there. So, but anyways, we'll, like say, we'll see. We'll see who he'll fight next at this point in time. Uh, I've heard a number of names, but no solidified um, matchup at this point of time. So, so we'll see. So we still have time in the show. Um, we were talking about this before the show, uh, but let's let's dive in. It's been an interesting playoffs. We won't give a full playoff and baseball playoff uh, coverage tonight, um, or whenever you listen to this show, but. We'll save that for next week because by next week, when the next episode comes out, or at least this brand of episode, you know, because the last episode was a little bit different, dealing with more culture and scandal. Uh, but the next analysis episode, which will be next week, uh, we'll dive into the World Series picture because by this time next week, we will know who are the teams playing in the World Series. Heck, we may even just do a whole episode diving into that. You know what I'm saying? I know Red probably be doing the most of the talking. 
<laughs> I got some stuff to say too, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save that. But the issue at hand, though, is human umpires versus potential robot umpires. And Fonz, I want you to break down how we even came to this conversation. Can you please talk about the Red Sox game of a couple of games back and then the Dodgers game four? where there was issues. Let the people know how we came to this conversation. Yeah, because I, I heard, I mean, I was, as a boss, I was mostly focused on the Red Sox game, but I also heard some stuff going on in the Dodgers and Braves games as well, but mainly in the, in, in, on, in, you know, for the home plate, for the home, um, you know, the home plate umpiring for the balls and strikes. Now, granted, it's, you know, it's a hard thing to, to get, you know, to, to have perfected you know, about the human element. And in one hand, I kind of say people say, oh, yeah, I like the human element, da da da, da. You know, it's to, it basically for more flexibility, you know, not just a robo, you know, thing just to get it this way because a lot of technology is taking over our world today in general. So I understand how people want to keep it human element-wise in one hand. But on the other hand, it's like a lot of mistakes are happening with the human element too. So, you know, if, if and, and it's good that baseball finally was one of the last of the four sports to get the replay in terms of other things happening on the field. Now, in terms of balls and strikes, I, like if if I'll just put it this way, if you if you you're trying to keep the game on the up and up. And I guess, like I said before, it's not going to be perfect, but this got to be obvious and from what I was looking at last night and. And for, at least for the Red Sox game, missing 23 balls and strikes on for both sides, but there were a lot of obvious, but there were a couple obvious calls for the Red Sox. But you can't, especially in the championship game, you can't be, you can't miss that many balls and strikes. That's one of the worst. You know, a lot of people will look at that as being one of the worst umpire, um, worst um, ref games, whether for either side. You know, you got You got to make sure you have some type of respectability of the strike zone. You know, it may not, like I said, can't be perfect, but may not be perfect. But like, you can't have a strike. This the strike zone can't be this. I know we're on radio, so nobody see me. It can't be a certain way. It can't be can't be like five or ten feet up high for or ten feet low for a strike zone or what? My left or right? Like, come on, what are we doing? There's got to be yeah. as close as now. Yeah, and so, I think with the Dodgers game, there was at least twenty three missed calls between what should have been a. A ball that could have been a strike or a strike that should have been called as a ball. So that in itself got people mad because it really happened with the Red Sox. And it also happened within the Dodgers and Giants series at least once. So this isn't yeah. new. Um, Red, you haven't played baseball in your high school days. What is the level of frustration as a player when the umpire makes a wrong call? Well, um, I was just I was actually just going to say this. As someone who actually played baseball... I'm actually going to say something that might be a little controversial here, okay? Um, and this even include this even includes for the umpire. Um, we actually have a split second on trying to whether, uh, uh, as someone who's actually been in the batter's box, we have a split second on uh, whether or not if uh, if we want to swing or not. And that also that same split second goes for the umpire. So it's like you know, we we as fans have have the um the ability to go back on replay and actually say, oh yeah, that was a clear mistake on the umpire. But for someone who's like you have to look at the at the actual game in real time, it's hard to say whether or not if that was a strike or not. Okay, um, 
so one of the things I, one of the things I do appreciate is the fact that we we um is the fact that we can actually look back and say, oh yeah, the guy the umpire clearly missed the call. But in real time, it's like, was that a strike? Was that a ball? I gotta make a decision here. Okay, so I understand a lot of fans' frustration, but given the fact that what where the umpire has to be, you, you we can't we can't blame the umpire for thinking that it's a ball or strike. Now I do on certain occasions. If it's clear that like you know like a ball by head, I mean yeah sure you know I can I can see that's like a ball and the guy still calls a strike yeah I can see that being um being upsetting but in the split second when it's like really really close yeah you can't really be mad at the umpire for calling something that he thought was a um uh, that he thought was a strike um and it was actually a ball and it's like you know literally by an uh, inch or two. Well, well, yeah, that's, I guess that's what we're talking about. That's what, that's what I was saying. If it's an inch, maybe an inch or so off, but like we're talking about clear calls. When people are saying missed calls, like clear calls, like you can't have something at your chest. Well, like I'm even, I'm even going to take it back, at least from memory from some, and this was a regular season game. So it's not like at the end of the day, it wasn't like, oh, it was out there. But I, at least from what I recall watching, I think it was 09 or 2010 when, Pop when uh, David Ortiz was still playing, Poppy was still playing, and 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 um, well, a couple, well, a couple, uh, a couple of instances about which I happen to remember him. There was one, one at bat that the ball was was uh, below his knees, literally, and he didn't swing, and yet the umpire called out a strike below his, like well below his knees, like near his feet. Come on, that's that, that's not even close. That's what we're. Those are the type of instances we're talking about or or you're missing it quite a few inches wide on the other way we're not talking about something that's in close enough you'd be like i you you can understand that you know what i mean but stuff that is very obvious to to the to the viewers and to the field and people like that you're like are you are you kidding me that that's that's what people are talking about well that's that's why people are vexed well here's what people are proposing so in the Atlantic League. They've been testing this for the past three seasons, if I remember hearing correctly. They have yes, a, I heard. I heard that robot system called Trackman. Sounds like a Drake song. <laughs> Those <laughs> called Jumpman, but nonetheless. Um, so basically, it is a quote radar-based ball tracking system. So it is a lifetime robot AI system to look, count and call out balls and strikes. And just so people know, the Atlantic League is separate from the Major League Baseball. It is a, not a minor league or anything else like that. It is separated from from the Major League. This is its own thing. They've been testing the probability of the robot umpire. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it'll sit above home plate and essentially, it looks like a black box from afar, but in reality, it is a 3D Doppler radar dish that analyzes each pitch that is thrown. Using a three-dimensional strike zone, the TrackMan system is able to calibrate each batter's size and stance, adjusting the strike zone accordingly. So the system works so that it doesn't allow a six-foot-seven player they have the same strike zone as a five foot seven player. Okay, so this okay. sounds good. This sounds like MLB the show 2021 on the PlayStation, you know. But 
you don't want that in real life. Different reasons. Number one, the reality of having a human umpire adds to the relational aspect of sports. The drama of the game, when they do get it wrong, adds to the entertainment factor. It adds to what we do on the podcasts in the sports shows. Fourthly, having an actual umpire in the game and the fact that there's now re- replay in baseball since a few seasons ago, they can correct things. Though the number of mistakes piling up these few playoff games is annoying and concerning, they'll get it right. Because remember, we had this conversation about the NBA calling too many replays in the playoffs last season. And that was annoying. But I think in going forward, they're going to try to be better with that. You know what I'm saying? Um, So all that to say, I don't agree with uh, a robot umpire system. And there's many blogs out there already saying that it would make baseball worse. And some will even say that it's not the best solution to to the major leagues umpire issue at the moment. You know, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, baseball is one of the oldest sports in America. Um, one of the most popular sports in Asia. To all of a sudden have robot umpires instead of an actual umpire over home plate. How does that work in lieu of and Red, correct me, aren't there other like referees, aka umpires around the other parts of the field, right? On the base. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? So all of a sudden you're gonna have one on home plate, but not the other parts of the field? No. That doesn't make sense right. to me. What do you guys got to right. say about it? No, I agree with you on that. That you gotta you, you know what I mean? You you gotta um <clears throat> Like I said, we we talk about human element. Like you got you got to still have that. Like you you broke it down. You still got to have that relational aspect. But at the same at the same time, I guess have to just just like uh, the athletes train train at their at their um craft on their daily basis. The umpires got to do the the same thing too to be the best at their at their job as well to make fewer of those type of mistakes. In terms of in in terms of replay at the at the at the um. In terms of balls and strikes, I mean that's like I said. Compared to the rest of the field, that's a tough one. But like I said, you there, there's there's certain like I said stuff that is obvious, obvious strikes versus and obvious balls. You got to at least get those those right. Like you got to you can especially in the, especially in the in the playoffs in the championship game. You can't have that cost in the teams. Granted, there's certain aspects of of certain uh, there were opportunities. For teams of what they could have done to make sure they don't leave it in the umpire's hands, I do agree with that as well. But at the same time, you you yourself, you got to be you, you got to be um, good at your job, the best you can be possible. How about this? What if there was the big fat yellow envelope full of some money given to the umpire just- to continue the games all the way to a game seven? I, I wasn't gonna mention that, but since you mentioned that. It was a back in my mind, but since you brought it up, hey, I'm just saying. Look, look, I I was definitely (laughs) he was gonna mention, but since you mentioned it, uh, yeah, (laughs) there's there's somebody there's some chat that that we're in that someone says, man, I don't really feel sports like 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 I won't stay because I feel they're all fixed. 
I said, look, it's hard to prove that, but at the same time, I can't say you're wrong <laughs> because I've seen some things that really make me scratch my head to say the very least. Yeah. So, so, so I, I feel when people when it, when people say that I, I feel them because I've seen certain things. I'm like, are you serious? Like certain like obvious calls, whether balls and strikes or out versus safe, or when they're supposed to be replay and they still get it wrong, especially when they spend, spend a, a, a forever forever in the day on it. <laughs> like my man, C would say, Kayla would say in his music, and you still get it wrong. And, uh, and stuff that people could be like, wait a minute, oh, they, they got to reverse that. And then, like, the announcer would be like, oh, they got to reverse such and such call. Like, if when when, the, when it's off somebody in basketball, what have you, oh, they got to reverse that, and then they still don't reverse it? You're like, nah. I see Elliot, man, need to flip that thing and then reverse it. <laughs> like, 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 something, like, something ain't right. Yeah, so, I mean... So it doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test. Essentially. Mm -hmm. I mean I will say this. It once again it adds to the drama of baseball. It adds to the drama of sports in general. You get frustrated with it. It's hard to see in any sport where there's basketball, football, soccer, baseball, you know what I'm saying? Even mm -hmm. with like mixed martial arts or basketball, I mean uh, boxing, wrong B. Um you're watching it, you were like Okay, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but at least understanding en enough of the game to know that that calls BS. Even the football, all the holding right. calls they miss every single game, but they happen to call this play against this team. Especially when it's your team, you feel a certain right. way. You don't see. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Big facts. So, or in soccer, all the dudes that be flopping more than the NBA and they get away with it. I'm like, clearly that was a flop. But they pull up the red flag and the other two's like, yo, come on, are flop. you serious? You know, soccer's hilarious for that one. Flop they're City, worse. yeah. Flop, flop they're, City, yeah. Yeah, they're flop worse City. than the NBA, <laughs> man. But it adds, it adds okay. to the drama of the game. Can you imagine having, you know, robots like Bender from Futurama and Rodi from the Jetsons refereeing the game? It takes away even the passion and the emotion of the sport. You know, it does. It really does. I mean, especially baseball. They're trying to, or have been trying to market it to a younger generation. You know, um, and I think they feel having the umpires make mistakes and quote unquote not be held accountable will not bring in the millennial generation and w whatever you call the generation behind them. You know, but I well, technically, I'm millennial. It's I think they're Gen Zs. Okay, so I guess they went Gen Y, Millennial, Gen Z. I don't know. Anyways, it's like, I don't think that's going to stop anyone from watching the game. If they want to watch baseball, they'll watch baseball. You know what I'm saying? Right. Especially within certain places, baseball is part of the culture of certain, it is. certain places, certain cities, certain suburbs, certain households, hey, certain families, certain schools. You know, I, baseball will be fine because... In baseball, the players make the most money for a reason, you know, especially game right. money. So I think we are right. So I think we can all agree robot umpires would not be a good idea. No. Yeah. So, I mean, that's 
all I got on the script. Do you guys got anything else y'all want to discuss in the sports world? Any stories you heard recently? Nothing, nothing yet. Nothing that I can recall. All right, bro. With that being said, I guess that's it for this episode of the Alpro Bros, episode number 33. So, yo, for Triple. Your boy, Red. Fonz Dumbass. TV12's lawyer. Your father's up. episode (laughs) of the Alpro Bros Sports Show. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. Bye.